Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast, featuring in-depth conversations with executives, leaders, influencers, and journalists in this dynamic, high-stakes industry. Hosted by Craig Pickett, founder of Northstar Group, the boutique executive search firm for the aerospace industry. You'll learn how top aerospace executives are developing their people, competing for talent, overcoming challenges, and adjusting to industry trends to drive growth and profits. And now, let's join your host, Craig Pickett. Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. As always, I'm Craig Pickett. Hey, today I've got Bob Sullivan with me. Bob is the Chief Admin Officer for One Sky Aviation. Uh, for those of you who don't know, One Sky is the parent company of some well-known brands in the business aviation space to include, include uh, Flight Options, FlexJet, SkyJet, Sentient Jet, and a couple more. So uh, thanks, Bob, for being here. Craig, I'm great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, thanks for, uh, thanks for being on board. Uh, I know it's a, a big commitment out of your day to do this, and I appreciate it very much. So, Hey, as we were talking right before we hit uh, came online, you've been with... Ken Ricky and One Sky and the Flight Options Group for for quite a long time, and, yeah. and Ken and you guys have had a pretty. Uh, I mean, you've had a, a management team there that's been together a long time. How do you how do you guys keep it all together? And you know, after all these years, how how well do you work together? <laughs> Great. Well, listen, Craig, you're right. I mean, I'm I'm probably the the baby of the bunch, if you will, in the sense that I have been with. Um, Ken and the executive team for almost almost 18 years now. And, um, you know, the thing that's great about having continuity in your leadership team is you, you develop a sense of trust amongst each other. I mean, there's always challenges and there's always opportunities to work through, but there's not a whole lot of corporate politics. You you kind of row in the same direction. You're all working for the same cause. And you know as well as I do that the fractional jet or, or private industry, private aviation industry has been through tumultuous changes in the last couple of decades. And, and us all being together, I mean, I kind of liken it to the Eagles. You know, they stay together and they great, make great music. Sometimes they don't get along, but when they're on stage or when they're performing, you know, they all work in concert. And, and that's the way we look at it. I think that the challenges that we see as a business looking out on the horizon, I, you know, we can sit down and we can close doors and share ideas, thoughts, we can debate friendly. But at the end of the day, you know, we all kind of work together collectively. And, and that's one of the things that's really been neat about working with this leadership team under Ken's tutelage. I was in the military for seven years. I was in the 82nd Airborne and went through the first Persian Gulf War as a lot of the folks, um, in our organization, we're in the military and, and you develop a sense of camaraderie when you go through things like battle or you go through things like hard training together that um, you think in the civilian world won't translate. And I worked for a large paint company before I came to um, the One Sky family. And it, while it was great and I had good you know, compadres that I worked with and people that I had relationships with, it was nothing like I experienced in the military. And there was part of me that thought that that would go away. Um, I was very, very fortunate to be um, joined up with Ken and his team and realized in, you know, the first couple of years that, wow, this is something special and this is something unique. And being a part of it 
just there's a sense of pride there's a sense of ownership there's a sense of we're all in the same battle together and and i tell you and i'm I'm humble when i say it is that camaraderie is here as well and it is it's probably the best time ever to be in private aviation and and certainly to be part of the one sky flexstead as you said flexstead flight option sentient family i mean the future couldn't be brighter for us so all of us working together is, you know, it's just an added benefit to the yeah. things that we get to do day in and day out. Yeah, there you go. Hey, look, I, you know, watching watching y'all, it's 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 kind of been, you know, it's, uh, I smile. You know, when flight options first came into existence, right around, I want to say, ninety nine or two thousand. Is that about yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Ninety-eight. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was the business model. Everybody was scratching their head on it, and you know, your 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 other Ohio competitors, and, <laughs> um, some of the other people, you know, nary a good thing to say about y'all. Oh, you you, you don't want to go there. You know, it's uh, sure. Um, sure. It's it's been fun to see how you are now realistically. I think the dominant. Yeah, you know, you're the dominant company. Everybody <laughs> that was a critic was absolutely proved wrong. So it's, yeah. uh, you guys got to be chuckling about that as well. Well, you know, look, I, I mean, first of all, thank you for that. Hey, we, we certainly, we certainly consider, consider ourselves a formidable player and, and we do have, you know, friends in Ohio that uh, we work collectively uh, against at times at the negotiating table. But I think the thing that's fun about it is uh, we don't take any of that for granted. We are, you know, Ken's made so many statements over the year that are pretty profound. But one thing he's always said is, jokingly, he's like, I've been going out of business for 20 years. And, and the reality is, is if, if you work with that nimbleness, if you work with that, you know, looking over your shoulder to make, make sure that you're doing the right things to stay ahead of the market, if you do that and you, and you continue to have that approach towards your business, you're all, you're going to make some wrong decisions, but you're going to make a lot of right decisions. We never rest on our laurels. Yeah. Um, we consider ourselves to be pulling away from the pack truthfully. And with our other brands, not just, not just FlexJet or Flight Options, but with our other brands, our sister companies, whether it be Sentient or some of the other focal points in our, um, in our umbrella or our portfolio, it's really given us an opportunity to kind of look at this thing differently. And um, we have always prided ourselves on our ability to change on a dime, to be ahead of the marketplace, um, to react when appropriately or when appropriate, and also to all do all of that with a mindful eye on, on how we treat people. Ken wrote a book years ago, Management by Trust. I mean, we all kind of operate to that. It's got three fundamental principles that we live by. Employees are the foundation of a service company, fanatical attention to detail, and maintaining relationships with a long-term outlook. You know, if you make all of your business decisions on those timeless values that transcend any company, you're not going to make a whole lot of mistakes when it comes to people. Business is going to have ebbs and flows, but if you surround yourself with really good people and you do the right things, I mean, you'll prosper. And, And I think we're seeing the benefits of that. Um, today, 20 years ago, if you'd have told me that we'd be in the catbird seat, or if you told Ken we'd be in the catbird seat, um, you know, he might have laughed at it. Certainly, those were our aspirations. But but our goals haven't stopped. We don't think we're there by any means. We're always, always acting like we are, you know, one step away from the next big thing, and and we want to be ahead of it. Yeah, well, that that long term outlook. You know, the the you know the, your your bullet number three. Yeah, manage the business with a long term outlook. The fact that y'all are private. 
privately held. You know, you don't have to do the quarter to quarter thing like a lot of publicly traded companies. <laughs> and that's that's got to be that's got to be uh, you know, a monumental benefit. Um, oh, you, I, you know it, and 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 certainly that's been one of the advantages of being, you know, the largest portfolio in private aviation. I mean, the One Sky team, the directional team, they're at every deal that's being made out there, and and they're the, you know, the first phone call being made, and and Ken would probably tell you turns down more deals than um, he participates in. And, and they have to blend right with our culture. So yeah, I think private being privately held is given us an advantage to shareholders looking over your shoulder on you know quarter performance or ebbs and flows in the economy. Yeah, how are people? I mean, you talk about, you know, uh, you know, you know, going to Ken's book, you know, the management by trust, you know, you know Sentient, Skyjet, Flex, Flight Options. You've got constant aviation in your portfolio. How are the people? How are you seeing the people play into the uh, the growth equation? What's the big? Uh, what's you know? What's the thing that you're really pleased about? And what uh, you know? What what keeps you nervous? Well, look, Craig. I think I think you know this probably better than anybody, given your experience in aviation. The thing that is incredible about what we do day in and day out is. 99% of the folks in here are just so passionate about the industry. I mentioned to you before I worked in paint. Now, people love to paint, but there weren't people that just sat around and just really, really loved to paint. The thing that's great about aviation is you you just get a different commitment level. Right. Our FlexJet headquarters, OneSky headquarters, we're right on the airport. We're building a facility out in Dallas that's going to be right on the airport. I mean, people love to see airplanes take off and and, and land. And from our vantage point, that gives us a really unique opportunity to find talent. The other thing we do is we have prided ourselves on how we treat employees since the beginning. I mean, that was one of the things that drew me to Ken was his passion for people, how, you know, being empathetic, being compassionate towards people, doing the things that are right, sacrificing the long term for the, or sacrificing the short term for the long term gain. I mean, to me, that is paramount as an HR professional by trade. It, it gives you a comfort level that you're going to do things right at night. Where are you where you run into a challenge is is when you're in an economy like we are right now, which is just fantastic from a an opportunity standpoint for anybody on the job market side. It makes you much more cautious that you're the guardians of the talent pool, and we challenge all of our leaders to do that, not just about who gets into the pool, but who gets out of the pool. So if we're not doing things right, if we're not looking at it from an employee's vantage point, if we're not looking at our pilot's quality of life and what it's like to be out on the road, if we're not walking a mile in their shoes, then we're missing the mark and people are going to vote and they're going to vote with their feet. And shame on us for allowing that. So I think that of all the things that we take important, you know, the balance sheet certainly is one of them and new aircraft deliveries. But I think at the core of it, if you talk to any of the senior leaders in any of the organizations that fall under, you know, the leadership of our umbrella, you'd find that people are at the core of it. And we are in constant search for um, good talent, committed people, and, and people that really want to run. Now. All that being said, 
we run really fast. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard to keep up. I, I, I tell people when I interview them, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. And the pace is really what can can attract people, but it's also the thing that can push people away. We do a real good job of screening for that ahead of time. We use some personality assessments. We use behavioral-based interview. We really want to understand from the vantage point, we place a high importance on the cultural fit. So any job's got a technical competency, technical skill set. So it's kind of the table stakes to get in the door. But are you going to fit in the organization? Are you going to understand that we're an entrepreneurial spirited organization and we're going to change our minds a few times throughout the year? You've got to be able to pivot. And that's not for everybody. That's not to say that those people aren't right. It's They're just not right for us. And that's okay. Yep. I got you. Well, let's talk about, you know, so you're, you're, we're talking about the people equation. And obviously the big news with y'all and, and the news in the press is, you know, your pilots just voted to decertify the union. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, that, you know and, I, and I know those guys were met with a lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, calls from ALPA and the Allied Associate, you know, Allied Pilots Associations to not do it. But you guys got to be thinking that's, you, you know, it, that's got to be a direct reflection on how you treat your pilots. Can you talk more well, about that? Yeah, yeah, and and Craig, listen. First of all, we gotta we gotta frame this correct way. Our pilots decided to decertify. This wasn't a company led initiative. This was a grassroots effort by the pilots. If you go back to 2015, when uh, the union won by an incredibly narrow margin between representation or no representation, I think at that time the pilots. Uh, they hadn't had enough time, specifically the FlexJet pilots. They really didn't have enough time to understand the leadership or get to know the management team. And you fast forward, you know, two, two and a half, almost three years. I think the deliverables that the union promised, um, they just weren't met. And it wasn't as if the company made this gangbuster approach to decertify the union. It was an effort by the pilots. So the Railway Labor Act is set up that a company can't prosper or proper to decertify the union. The pilots themselves have to. And not only did the company um, win, but they won by an incredibly large margin. But we really don't look at it as the company won. We look at it as the pilots won. It was their voice. If you go back to 2015, the margin of victory was about 17 votes. The margin of victory in 2018 was almost 100. So yeah. a pretty significant difference. And and I'd tell you that, you know, for a moment there was a, a victory uh, because we knew we could have a direct relationship with the employees. We knew at that moment in time that, wow, this is going to be a new day. And, you know, of course, it celebration drink, but then it's back to business. And, you know, immediately we came out of the gate with some changes that we knew were incredibly important. We restored some seniority for pilots that had been disenfranchised by some of the decisions that the union had made, that they had targeted a certain group of employees. So we reinstated that seniority. We looked at the disparity between, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of our fleets our uh, light aircraft, and we, we brought those two together. 
we implemented an overtime pilot, overtime policy that was contradictory to what we had in the collective bargaining agreement, but afforded the company an opportunity to kind of surge price overtime. So if we're running low and we've got demand that's up, we can increase overtime by 200 or 300%. And all of those things, in addition to a $1,000 bonus for each and every employee, all those things cost you money. But in, in the long run, those are the right things to do. And those were day one initiatives. If you think beyond that, I mean, we have a seniority list committee that's going together, made up by the pilots, for the pilots, that will decide how the seniority list is integrated. We started a listening tour for all of our pilots to participate in. I mean, we've done this for our red label programs, which are kind of our our paramount programs, if you will, for FlexJet. But we started a listening tour for all of our pilots that, you know, we're going to go to Dallas. We've made some announcements about facilities. Um, it's really given us an opportunity to work directly with the pilots. And it's nothing that we take for granted in any way, shape or form. In fact, you could argue that the real work started on May 31st when, um, the union was voted out and they were, you know, it was not only unprecedented that a pilot group decertified, but it was unprecedented within 24 hours. The IBT said that they were not going to contest it. And, you know, within 48 hours, they said they were going to close the local. So it was, it was a pretty resounding victory for us. But again, um, you know, there was a moment of celebration, but really the excitement is about getting back to the roots of who we are as an organization working directly. Ken himself is a pilot. I mean, 90% of the leaders in the organization are pilots. So they understand what life in the cockpit is, but more importantly, life on the road. And um, we got a pretty unique group, people that want to make a difference and really want to change this industry. And, and we're excited about it. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that was a huge, that was a huge thing. And you're right. You know, the pilots came to you, you know, and it was pretty clear that, you know, the pilots came and said, you know, we want to do this. Yeah, which is nice because anybody that's ever worked in the union environment understands that when you have a union contract in place, everybody just looks at the contract and nobody really says, what do you want? It's just what the contract says. You know, I got to think as a company, this gives you all a whole lot more flexibility to grow the company. Um, it allows the pilots to go, hey, we want to do something. You know, you know, we want our voice heard in the ongoing operations and success of the company. And we want to participate. That's it's got to be it's got to be a win all the way around. Um, I it, it sounds like it, it really is. I think from our I think from our vantage point, we look at it as what an amazing opportunity to do something different. You know, if you you hit it on the head that you know some of the labor organizations came after us about you know just decertification on their own, and you know it's hard for me to fathom that a 600 pilot group is going to destabilize the entire industry as they were representing it. And if it does, so be it. But from our vantage point is, is we're really, really unique. Our pilots want pay for performance. I mean, that's what our bonus program is set up. Our red label pilots, I mean, they're the highest paid in the industry, but they can make 50% of their annual salary in performance bonuses. Performance wow. bonuses centered around, you know, how well they do their job, the service levels and expectations that they meet. Of course, safety is table stakes, but it's amazing to see the level of engagement when you can get a pilot who traditionally, you know, has been given a job to walk in the airplane and turn left. And now they're really given a chance to impact 
the bottom line, to get the rewards, to see the benefit of their hard labor and the fruits of them. I mean, they're so excited and we're excited about it because I think you're right. I think we see it as a competitive distinction. And listen, it's not about being cheaper in any way, shape or form. I mean, our organization has always spent money on its employees. Our organization, we want to be top of class when it comes to the talent. The only way you can get that, especially in the economy that we are right now, is to compensate them, but it's not just compensation. It's quality of life. It's all the things that are important, all the intangibles, you know, something as simple as the pilots get to keep their own credit card points. I mean, you think that's going to save you pennies on the dollar. It's not worth it. Accountants aren't making those decisions. Pilots are making those decisions on what's right for us. And, that's and, and I, I, yeah. that, that, that's cool. I mean, and, and, and that, that type of attitude, I mean, you know, in a lot, of, you know, in a lot of organizations, you 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 probably have some wallflower pilots who all of a sudden now, under that new direction, are really stepping out and showing themselves as leaders. You know, it it you change the environment a little bit, and you take the guy from the back row, and all of a sudden he steps up and says, "Okay, I want to play, and this is how I want to do it." Are you finding that energy? I, I I think you hit it on the head. I mean, I think that everybody was rejuvenated on um, on. June 1st, that was the, the day after Velton, and Ken sent out a very, very thoughtful letter, which was, we didn't convince everybody because there were still, you know, some folks that voted to keep the um, union in place for whatever reasons, and it's our job to convince them, but you are right about that. We've got people that have stepped up along the way that have a newfound energy that say they want to be leaders that participate in it. I mean, our red label aircraft have large cabin aircraft commanders. These are folks who are seasoned pilots. They know how to run a team. And they're the ones that, you know, they're they're the back office guys. If you you sit down and you talk to them about what's wrong in the operation, they're going to give you a list of five or six things that you wouldn't see walking around with a shirt and tie. These guys get it and they're willing to share that. And it's an environment free of any sort of retaliation. It's cooperation. It's how do we get better? And and it's never been a better time. And the thing that's really good about this is with our growth, as we see it across the different brands, is it creates opportunities in our sister companies as well. So it makes us much more opportunistic when it comes to potential mergers or acquisitions down the road that we don't have to deal with any sort of third party interference. And, you know, I mean, you can read the history behind FlexJet and some of the challenges we had with some acquisitions that were put on the back burner because of, you know, just the interference. And it's just different for us. And, And we think that we are in a very, very unique position to take the pole position in this industry. And, um, you know, being part of it is just, just amazing. What's the new customer dynamic? So your customer, you know, we're in a new tech, tech age. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm obviously I'm pretty, uh, my background, I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, very informed and you're acquainted with your business. What's right. the customer dynamic now? What do they expect? Well, and look, you hit it on the head, first of all, is technology. I mean, could you imagine that 10, 15 years ago, if you would have told a customer that going from point A to point B, um, one of the major concerns that they would have is Wi-Fi connectivity. Could you imagine that that being a decision maker? But it is for us. So technology as a whole is huge for us. We've got some wonderful, wonderful things on the horizon that you'll see announced in the next few months. You know, we've been compiling all of this 
information across all these different companies and all these different platforms for so many years that yeah, about a year and a half ago, Ken really took an opportunity to look at our business and understand that that information is valuable, that if we can really figure out a way to monetize the OneSky platform and make it into something special that you've got a whole different business there. And, and we've spent a lot of time focusing on that. When you now, look at the customer, go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm shocked nobody's done that already. I mean, quite frankly. Well, I, th- I you know, I think what happens is, and again, you hit it on the head earlier. I think what happens is, is when you're in private equity, you really get a chance to look at things differently. When you're an entrepreneurial spirited group, you're not looking at the you know, the quarterly performance as the horizon, you're looking, you know, five, 10 years down the road on the horizon. I mean, we started doing bespoke interiors, you know, four or five years ago. We've got technology in the cockpit that's amazing. And now in the cabin and the expectations of the customers around service, not just domestically, but launching into Europe internationally. I mean, for us, again, it, it's a difference maker. And we're not tied to an OEM specifically, although we love our Gulf Streams. We're not tied to any specific platform. We are all about making ourselves different. We're all about the different experience for the customers or the owners. We take the feedback very, very seriously. In fact, we've recently made some organizational change announcements that are centered 100% on the owner experience or the customer experience. And again, this makes us different than most organizations, certainly makes us different than our friends down the road. And um, from our vantage point, it's what the market is demanding right now. And we're seeing it in a conversion factor from sales we're seeing it in our representation out in the field, and we're certainly seeing it in our brand integrity. What, how many are, how many how many airplanes now between? All right, so in the the two fry, you know the flex jet flight options. How many airplanes are you operating mm-hmm. now? We're close to 150, and we've got plans to get near 200 within I think the next 12 to 18 months. Okay. Um, there's been a there's been a pretty pretty significant shift to large cabin aircraft. It's not just what we're seeing in the marketplace, but we're certainly seeing our pilots very very interested in flying the large iron. I mean, we've got a fleet of G650s. We've got a couple more coming this year. We've got Gulfstream 450s. I, I mean, for us, Global Expresses. I mean, for us, it's 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 about the large cabin because you really get a chance to connect with your customer or your owner on those flights. You really get a chance to show them the difference. You know, smaller aircraft are wonderful and certainly they have their business needs and they're the foundation for our organization. But as we see ourselves, you know, those longer segments, the international opportunities that we have, we believe that those are going to be the difference makers for us. Yeah, no, I, 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 and I agree. Do you find that your customers are willing to... You, you you take a guy who may or a company that that has a, maybe a little bit of a shorter mission, but they're coming to you and saying, "Hey, look, my my needs really only call for a midsize, but you know, I want the four fifty or the six fifty, so that's what I'm going to buy." Yeah, I think we have that, and I I think our sales folks who you know, by the way, Mike Sylvester, I don't know if you know this or not, he is the longest tenured CEO in private aviation. I mean, you think about our our friends; they've had four different CEOs in the last, uh, 
you know, a couple of decades. Mike Sylvester has been the CEO that entire time. And he's a salesman by nature. He really spends a lot of time with his team and his sales leaders, the seasoned veterans in this industry, talking about qualifying the mission. This isn't about putting the wrong person in the wrong airplane. This is about putting the right person in the right airplane. And we've got so many opportunities within our fleet that, look, if the 450 makes sense for you, you can buy it. But we really think a Challenger 300 or 350 makes more sense. And, you know, our goal is to have happy customers, to have a high retention rate, you know, to have a high conversion rate and ultimately a high referral rate. And if we do that, we think we're winning. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's what, uh, that's what it's all about is, you know, hey, the, you know, the network you run, your buddy, you know, your customers talk to their buddies who talk to their buddies and, you know, you do right by all of them and your business is good. Um, you got it. You got it. You know, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a very demanding yeah, it's it's you know it's an extremely demanding clientele. And, oh, it sure is. You know, they expect perfection. Yeah, I mean every every day our goal is you know zero disruption, uh, zero disservice customers. I mean we look for a perfection rate. We look and and the thing that's really neat about what we have going on now is we've got the pilots engaged on this. We got the pilots looking for the same zero defect. They're looking for the same flawless execution. They're looking for the same wow factors. I mean we got pilots out buying, you know, sourcing food in France with their cabin servers to make the dining experience unique coming back. I, I got to tell you, it's just a different group and, and they're energized and, and it's neat to be part of it. The, the industry is screaming about the pilot shortage. Yeah. You and I have talked yeah. this, you and I have talked about <laughs> this in the past and, and my sense is you guys just based on what we've been talking about here for the last 30 or so minutes. Uh, my, my guess is you're not seeing a shortage of resumes. Well, you know, look, first of all, the industry is right. I mean, there is a pilot shortage out there. And it, I think a lot of industries go through the ebbs and flows of this when there's an up economy. Certainly, it's even harder for us. But if you look at the demographics of the pilots, there's a lot of retiring folks out there. But from our vantage point, and what is our unique position, as I talked to you before about it, we don't have the shortage. We spend a considerable amount of time on hiring the right pilot for the job. And that's a little bit time consuming. You know, we were kind of focused on some other things for the first part of the year, but we're back to the basics and we're hiring a lot of pilots. We've hired 57 thus far this year. Our goal is another 100. You know, last month we received over 300 resumes. Wow. We're qualifying those as they come through. We've got all hands on deck. We've got our representation or our position in every possible avenue out there, whether it be FAPA or OBAP or MBAA. We've got our global footprint out there when it comes to social media. Um, we've got a very, very strong recruitment team. And, you know, from our vantage point is we want to get them processed and we want to get them processed quickly, but we don't want to put them on too fast. We want people to acclimate to the organization. We've got aircraft deliveries coming on. We've got people upgrading. So I think, you know, if we could hit our numbers of 100 or so more pilots by the end of the year, we'd be really, really excited. But the industry is going through a rough time right now. And it, it's it's a hard organization. It's a hard industry to... Um, be, be recruiting in, you know, most of the folks that we have come with multiple offers on 
June 1st, as I mentioned, we increased the wages of our starting salary for our first officers by over $10,000. Our mindset was the quicker we can get a pilot to $100,000 annual salary, that was what our research told us, the better off we'd be. So we're there at about year four or five, which is pretty unprecedented. We've took down some roadblocks to prevent them from upgrading or type rating into something else. And we've made it a really unique opportunity for pilots. So we're excited that we have the highest starting salary in the industry right now. We're excited that our pay for performance or our bonus opportunities for our pilots go from 10 to 50%, that they get opportunities to make a couple extra thousand dollars just by flying the aircraft right through fuel efficiency. And we're constantly looking for those opportunities to make ourselves the premier employer. I may, may have mentioned this to you before, but we just found out that we won again the 15th time as uh, Northeast, Ohio, Northeast Ohio's premier employer. So we won the North Coast 99. And that, you know, that's a pretty good testament to our HR practices and how we treat people. But again, we don't sit back and, and rest on that. We don't think we've got it figured out by any means. We're constantly doing things to make us better. And we really want to address the pilot shortage internally and, and see if there's opportunities where this might transfer. I mean, you know as well as I do that maintenance could be something that uh, our mechanics could be something that's, you know, probably got a lag time of maybe 12 months behind the pilot shortage. So we're looking at colleges and universities and trade zero program or trade programs where we can find a brand and we can put our representation in. We've developed an apprenticeship program internally that we can help folks. And we really think one untapped potential area that we hadn't focused a whole lot on, and shame on me being a veteran myself, is we haven't spent a lot of time putting our foot into um, the military, those retiring or leaving, exiting. So I think this year, 2018 and 2019, there's going to be a big focus on that. Um, social media is just just the best opportunity and the worst opportunity for employers. It's the best opportunity if you're a great employer and you treat people right. It's the worst <laughs> opportunity if you're a bad employer and, and you don't take your people serious because well, everything's transparent. It, well, as every as as every restaurant as every restaurant has learned on social media, <laughs> and as every as glass as every company has figured out through Glassdoor, and uh, you got it. Today's day and age, you just can't you can't hide, right? So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I, I love the, I love the energy. I mean, you know, look, you know, it, we, we've, you know, I've followed Ken Rickey and Mike Silvestro for a long, a lot of years, competed against you for a couple of them. You know, uh, it, it's quite the entrepreneurial organization. So, you know, obviously, yeah, pro yeah some proprietary uh, issues here, but you know, what's next? You guys still out looking for more stuff or you yeah. growing for right now? You growing what you have. <laughs> Well, you know, Ken's got a couple of sayings. One of the famous sayings that we always joke about is we work this year, we take next year off. Unfortunately, next year never really comes. So the answer is, yeah. I mean, we are, I think, I think if you were to focus on our big tenants for 2018 and 2019, you could probably categorize them into, you know, four really, really strong areas. The first is our global footprint. You know, we see the expansion of our fleet to meet the needs of Europe and beyond to be paramount to our success, hence the reason for the large cabin aircraft. Um, we think that this is going to be the differentiator for our business. We think that, you know, economies of scale play into effect at some point in time, and we're very, very fortunate to have the fleet and the committed employees that we do. 
But our, our global presence is going to be something that we really, really focus on both this year and next year. Technology as a service, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we've got a great leader in our technology platform, Greg Johnson. I mean, he comes to us with a passion. He's a pilot himself, comes to us with a passion for aviation and really understands what the data means for us. We're having our, you know, this year will be our second tech summit. We never had one of those before. So that's, that's kind of neat. Excellence in what we do, operation, excellence in who we are and how we treat pilots and quality of life and, and what we do internally, you know, just kind of a back to the focus on the basics, walk a, while, walk a mile in a pilot's shoes, really understand, you know, what it takes to be successful as an organization and how you treat your people. And then finally, service as a differentiator. Our red label program is, that's the key to our development and our growth as an organization. We feel really, really comfortable in our positioning. We feel comfortable that every talk that we have includes red label, that it's really starting to take a hold. And Ken will tell you that, you know, we took a gamble a while back. I'll tell you, it was a very, very calculated gamble and it's paid off. So differentiation within red label is a lot more than just the interiors of the aircraft. It's distinctions in service. It's bespoke. It's really focused on the intangibles, and, and we're excited about those. So if we can find organizations out there that mirror those values, if we can find operations out there that can complement our organization, if we can find opportunities for companies that are interested in joining the family. I mean, we're not shy about the tenets of how we operate. We're not shy about how we treat people. We're not shy about how we look at the organization from a growth standpoint. And, um, you know, we're at a lot of those conversations, some of those deals we pass up. But yeah, we're absolutely growth through acquisition and organically are, those are, those are, those are our tenants for going forward. No, that's, that's awesome. But, uh, Hey, look, I know I've taken up a lot of your time today, and I, I really wanted to, to thank you for, uh, for being here. It's, it's been a great story to watch um, over the years, and, and congratulations on all the success. You ah, thanks, Craig. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, and I uh, appreciate your time as well. 